Hey, D, you're a jerk. Hot girl came over to my house and you stole my thunder. She says your voice sounds soothing and mine sounds like a fucking anus dying. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening, and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Is up there, Wacker? Uh, I can't think of anything. Nothing is up. Top of the morning to you. You seem rather, uh, I don't know, like vivacious. Like you're not, you're not like hungover. You're not bitter. You're not cursing uh, it your is the existence. Daytime. Is, it, is that what it is? It's daytime? Because usually at, when we podcast at night, you seem to be a bit more negative. And you have like kind of like a more, like a uh, desiccated pallor, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The day has <laughs> worn me down at that point. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's actually afternoon already. <laughs> it's 1230, but okay. Yeah, well, daytime. Maybe, maybe when, when do you officially start drinking on a, on a Saturday? Right now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm drinking coffee because I just got up like maybe half an hour ago. Yeah, I got up at like eight thirty. Oh shit! All right, well then that, that means you've spent like half your day, you know, right. or a good portion of your day. So you yeah. you are warranted to start drinking. I haven't vampired into yes the bitter uh, mode of my existence, which happens once it gets dark. Yeah, that's when you get bitter. So Wacker, uh, I enjoy it though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't try to justify your addiction. Um, so I had an interesting week this week. A lot of uh, of sick and wrong fan participation. It, it's rare to meet that many fans, but I met like uh, hung out with like three sick and wrong fans this week. It's a lot. Fan participation in your life, in my life, fan your part- IRL life, fan interaction, sick okay. and wrong fan interaction. So uh, last Sunday, I hung out with a guy named Matt from uh, Montreal, and uh, he he was in town for a wedding. We went to Jumbo's, met me at Jumbo's with some of his friends. We got we got proper drunk. We got very drunk. And he actually even bought gifts, which uh, it's almost a better gift to give to you because I don't eat anything ever uh-huh. that, that can't just be microwave. Whereas Wackerly, actually, you kind of appreciate Epicurean delights. You, you cook. Yes, I do. You make food. Man. So he gave me the ingredients for something called potan, poutine. Have you heard of this? Yes, of course. Poutine. Poutine. And poutine. Poutine. <laughs> and it's like, when you say the ingredients, it's like a gra- pack, gra- uh, gravy packet. Well, a gravy packet, this um, kind of cheese thing that's in the, the refrigerator. It's uh, curds. It's curds. Yeah, yeah they're you'll curds. You'll know from the, um, you know, the fairy tale, <laughs> curds and whey. Curds and whey, yeah. It's like these like compacted cheese curds. And then you put the gravy on. I guess you eat them on like French fries or potatoes or something. French fries. French Not fries? potatoes. French fries. All right. Well, A I, lot I of people know. don't do the curds because they're harder to find. I mean, gravy you can get anywhere. And so a lot of places you'll go, or, or, or they'll even give you the option, you know, do you want the cheese on it or not? See, so that's, really, that's, French fries with gravy is kind of the base. But that's what I'm saying. It's like Wackerly would appreciate this because you probably would make the poutine. Like you would be going, you'd make a whole poutine meal out of this. Whereas 
get, think it's of really unhealthy. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing is, you know, like, could you see me eating something like this? No. Yeah, well, I mean, it's vegetarian. I, I guess the I mean, gravy is meat, is brown meat gravy, so I guess that's out for you. I might just send it up to you. He also sent uh, two packets of these different kind or cans of these different kinds of maple syrup. He said the real maple syrup because it's like Canadian syrup. <laughs> Good Lord. So uh, I don't thank need a you. lot of pancakes or anything. I guess you know what's good is uh, maple syrup on actual sausage. I think that's a lot of those Canadians do. Or fried chicken also. Thank you, Matt, for sending that in or for uh, hanging out and uh, giving us this awesome gifts. We love gifts. You can send gifts to the P.O. Box. Um, usually we get booze. That's why this is kind of a, a refreshing alternative, <laughs> even though um, I do prefer booze. Poutine is good with booze. There's a place next to... Uh, a bar in town there's where you can order food and then you can go eat it at the bar and uh they and often they have poutine. poutine well they have a sort of a rotating menu but they often have poutine poutine yeah you know it's interesting i've never heard of poutine but i like i like saying it i like saying the word because it, it's like french yeah but it just it sounds like poot you know which which is another i've heard a term for like that's the verb for girls who fart like a girl farts called the girl poots she pooted <laughs> okay you, not your sister though she full no. on just farts. Oh, my sister just farts. My sister just has diarrhea. It's not even a fart. It's just diarrhea that comes it's out. It's a liquid fart. Yeah. You do In not want case. my sister's poutine. Definitely stay yeah. far away from that. Um, I also hung out with a girl named uh, Allison uh, Shula, who uh, is in a band called Zokola. Are you allowed to say her full name on the air? <laughs> well, she's a comedian. She's like a bit of an entertainer. Oh, yeah. This is promotion. At this yeah. No, she's really funny. She's really funny. I saw her act last night. She's a good friend of my friend, Vinny Spit. And we played one of her uh, songs from a band called Zokolo. It's a song about jacking off. And I hung out with her last night. Uh, really cool girl. And uh, if, yeah, if you see her, I know she does a lot of the comedy clubs in California. I don't know if she ventures out All over California or just Los Angeles? All over California. She, she actually does not like performing in, in Los Angeles because it, it sort of sucks. The crowd sucks. There aren't any real people here. It's just other people waiting to get on stage and do their act. So, you know, no one's laughing. It's just L.A. crowds kind of just suck in general. So, it's I mean, if, as a comedian, you'd What's rather... What's her last name? Allison what? It's like Shula. S-C-I-U-A-L-L-A. Shula. I, I, it's, it's an Italian name. I'm sure I'm butchering okay. the pronunciation. But, uh, yeah, she's a really good comedian, and I was impressed by her performance. Um, she's funny. We should get her on the show. She oh, could yeah, guest no. host on one of my hiatuses. Look at Wackley. He's already planning his, uh, his hiatus. He's like, planning his vacations from the show. Oh, there's one coming up uh, I forgot to tell you about. Yeah, Wackley. They're on contract. He's like a sub substitute. All the kids, they're like, oh, we have a substitute. We can fuck off. Yeah, no, she'd, be a, she'd be a good co-host. Um, and then on a Friday, I ended up going to a taping of America's Got Talent. It's the auditions for America's Got Talent with a um, good, uh, good friend of the show and a, and a friend of ours, uh, Casey, remember that guy from back in the Rampage days? Of course. I haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know he was living out Maybe here. 10 years or something. Now, just to make it clear, you went, you were in the audience. You weren't there, like, juggling or anything. <laughs> I was doing my unicycle act. You know that one? Well, I know you took the, the improv class, but I, you can't really go up there and improv by yourself, really. Some people do. But uh, no, I was doing the unicycle act where I'm DJing at the same time, like spinning uh, oh, B-52's records. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. good. Uh, I got buzzed Did off. you get the monkey out of uh, retirement? <laughs> no. You know... Doesn't he usually sit on your head and he plays the tambourine? It's such a big spiel with the monkey. And yeah. I should have... I bet you if you I would have had... Thaw him the, out, resuscitate him. If I would have had the monkey, I probably would have got buzzed in like 10 seconds by Howard Stern. But 
You know, the whole experience, I had never watched that show before. And at first, I was disenchanted with Howard Stern for even participating, like for even being one of the judges. I was like, come on, Howard. Seriously? I believe we did talk about this because your sister and Big Jer went to a taping last, last year. year. Yeah. And maybe we talked about it then. We we the might show. have. Been. I know I talked to them in person. I can't. It seems like we did it on the show too. They I mean, went. We, both, we did. You did disp- d- uh, express your disgust that he was sort of selling out and becoming mainstream. But then they went to the one in uh, at Bill Graham's, and I guess it was a much more festive atmosphere. Like this one was there. It was very family oriented, and there were lots of kids. Um, really? No alcohol, which sucked. Not- it's like a two and a half hour taping. No beer. Like we had to sit it's a there. Long time to go without beer. Uh, and, it, and it's just terrible because there's like all these just awful, one atrocious act after another. The, the worst acts that come up are the ones that they dance. Like these dance guys, like 20-year-old dudes, 25-year-old dudes that are in a dance group. And like there's a lot of these like Filipino no, guys it, that do this. Is this like step? I like step. <laughs> what is step? <laughs> step is what, uh, you know, Howard, you know, like black colleges, like Howard. Uh, and then they have like the group of black men. It's like a fraternity sort of thing. Not not like a keg stand type of fraternity, but like you know a, a group social group of men. And they do the like. It's kind of like uh, you remember the guys that stood behind Public Enemy. I forgot. That uh, okay, like a coordinated dance routine. Yes. That's yeah. What yeah. I'm talking no. About. Yeah. This is very similar to that, but I mean, it was just awful. And, yeah. and so the judges. That's what I liked about the show. So the the judges. Don't really hold back. I mean, and they don't also, they don't, you know, cater, try to placate the, the, the audience or the crowd. I mean, the judges are, are more or less pretty ruthless, like just skewering these, these people's dreams. And Howard Stern is just, oh, uh, God, he's like. So let, let's explain a little bit. They go all around the country to each region. Like this is probably the Southern California region. And the one that your sister saw last year was the, you know, the Northern California region. But then I assume they go to like Atlanta and, and Dallas and New York City and somewhere else in the middle well, of so Chicago. This... And so they get they get all the talent regionally and they have to weed people out. And then they sort of go to the big show where they like have the group and then they winnow them down. Is that how it works? Well, yeah, they narrow it down to uh, just 20 actual contestants for the show. Okay. So right now they're doing like I guess what would it be the I don't know the regionals where they're going through and just doing auditions, just general auditions from the crowd, and right. uh, they'll get like you know they'll do one in San Francisco, the new one in uh, Reno, they'll do one in uh, in L.A., one in Arizona, and then they do like the semifinals in Vegas. So the the big thing was with this crowd is like you're going to Vegas, and everyone would cheer, and the crowd could start yelling Vegas, Vegas, right? You know if they really liked an act, and so there's four judges. There's Howard Stern, who by far is the most famous judge. Every the whole audience just freaked out when he came out. There's Heidi Klum, who uh, was that it could m- be argued that she's pretty famous, also. Yeah, but that I Project mean, Runway show that's been going on for like nine years is very popular. People weren't ladies. nearly as excited to see Heidi Klum as they were Howard Stern. I mean, they were at a frenzy True. when Stern came out. Yeah, well, his his judge. fans are more intense. Let me put it that way. But you know, she was a supermodel. She was a supermodel, too. and she still looks just beautiful. Um, and she's got to be like 50, two kids, three yeah, kids. Yeah, kraut don't crack. That's yep. what they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> who says that, Hitler? <laughs> I guess so. Kraut don't crack. The Aryans <laughs> remain beautiful until they are very old. Which is not true of the Jews. You look at Howard Stern, he's an abomination. You shall notice that Howard Stern did not marry a Jew. 
Um, yeah, no, he married a hot blonde. Then there's Mel B, who's the newest judge, replacing Sharon Osbourne. Mel B is was Scary Spice. And, you know, surprisingly, I thought Scary Spice was going to be another pushover. Like, the women usually are, where they're just like, okay, you know, we don't want to be mean. She's completely harsh. She criticized everyone. It didn't even matter the age range. Eight-year-old was up there singing, like, I will always love you. And <laughs> she's just like, Argh. Like, honestly, you don't have it. You don't have it. Some people have it. What you have is something just awful and horrid. Like, do, you she's like that. Little, do you think it's a little offensive that the black one was called Scary? <laughs> is that just how British people think? She was kind of scary, though. Remember her hair? I think it was. I mean, that that's that's the non-offensive reason. Like, oh, it's her crazy hair. She has this, like, frightening Are you saying they're hair. scared of black people over there? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't know if they really are. I don't think they have the racist tendencies that we do. The same kind of racism. Right. I think right. they're more racist towards, like, uh, Middle Eastern people than yes. they are black people. Right. But, but then okay. again. Um, then again, yeah, they do call her Scary Spice. And the fourth judge is Howie Mandel, who I've always thought was just a conventional, just uh, run-of-the-mill comic. Never really liked the guy. I thought he was family, his family-friendly fair always fell flat with me. But What was that low-budget show that he had that was super popular? Did he do a show? Like a, I thought he did like a, a talk show. He might have – I think he did have a failure of a talk show for, at one point. But more recently, he had that game show with the suitcases. I can't remember what it's called. Like there would be like 50 suitcases and you try and get the suitcase with a lot of money. But you might get the one that only has like five bucks. It was one of those – even – you know how people say that the Wheel of Fortune it requires very low intelligence? <laughs> this was even below that. It was like – Number two, I want that one. And they'd open it up and they'd be like, wop, wop. It would have a dollar in it. And then somebody else would be like, number 11. And that one would have 500 bucks in it. So you'd be like, yay. But one of them would have like not even a lot of money, like 30 grand or something. Was it just called suitcases? No, it was called something like that, though. I'll never know. It's impossible to find out. I never liked Tommy Mandel. You know, he's like a just a weird, like maniacal germaphobe, like a fanatical germaphobe. But so is Howard Stern. But, but I, how, yeah, how he's no, known more for it, yeah. Which is why he always had that rubber glove with him. But the thing is about uh, Howie Mandel, he was great on the show. I don't know if he's trying to measure up to Stern, but he was also, I mean, he was really funny, and he was shattering uh, these children's dreams just as harshly and as, you know, uh, as angrily as Howard Stern. Like, that's what people want to see, though. I think that's what, they, I think that's what uh, the um, producers are like. You need to... Seriously, skewer these people. You need to make. You need to ruin them on stage. You need to make the whole crowd laugh at how awful their act is. And I think that's what they did. And I mean, it was fun. Like, in all honesty, they only really approved like maybe four acts. There's like one girl that was kind of sexy, and she was a singer. Even though the scary spice I would have didn't approved like her. her also. Um, then there's this rapper dude that was great. He kind of reminded me of like Sir Mix a lot, and he had this like stupid, catchy song called. Booty, B O O T Y, T Y, and he had like a backup. His brother was doing the hype dancing. It was so bad, but it was a, by <laughs> Any far the best one. Involved or no? No, but he looked. He sounded like like uh, Sir Mix a lot, and he's a fat black guy, and he was just yeah. like doing a twerking with like he was he was really doing it up. He's good. He had good uh, stage persona. But then there were like, um, I mean, there's a variety of different acts. There's like singers. There's dancers. My favorite was this lady that came out with a parrot that she said could break dance. And she was just this insane older lady. And Howie Mandel was interviewing. He was like, I assume you, you are not married and you live alone. And she was just like. <laughs> well, that's just getting personal. Oh, dude, it was awful. It was like that the whole time. It was just these personal attacks, like biting personal attacks. Yeah, it was great. 
And uh, the whole thing with her is that the bird didn't break dance. They started playing, I forgot what song it was. It was like, I'm Every Woman or something. It was some stupid, not even a breakdance song. No. And she's moving her arm up and down, and the bird's struggling to balance. And by struggling to balance, it's moving its wings back and forth. And she thought that was breakdancing. Are we are we talking about like an animal abuse type of situation or, or just – That's what Howie Mandel said. He was yeah. just like you were abusing an animal on stage. And then it was like – it was maybe two seconds into the act. Howard Stern was like, ah, and they can buzz you. And if you get buzzed four times, you're done. Like that was the best part because some of these musicians were singing. When they buzz, that's – and then they have a big red X shows up in front of the judge, right? That's the yeah. whole gimmick. And and the whole crowd can stand up going boo and just doing the X sign with their arms. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, and so I mean, it was great when they would do it to like a young child, like a ten year old that was up there, and like their mom's been like convincing this and persuading this ch- child for like years that you're a superstar and you're going to be famous well, yeah. and you have a beautiful voice. And the, ki- the mom kid- thinks it's going to be her meal ticket, also. Well, the kid gets up there and tries to do an Alicia Keys song, and it's like within ten seconds. Argh! And just the whole crowd, boo! You'll never forget that. You'll never when forget you're little? that. Dude, she's 10 years old. She's going to remember that moment oh, yeah, for, for sure. the rest of her life. Yep. And then, and Get then used to it. Failure. And then there's Howard Stern that just comes out and is just like, you know, look at you. You're, you're overweight. You're child, childhood obesity. You're not attractive. <laughs> she told and the kid she was fat? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, it was just... Was, I, I mean, he, I think I, I would... I could... I could get behind him turning to the parent and saying, like, look what you're doing to your child. He did that, too. You're, uh, you know, you're putting her on national stage. You obviously should be able to, you know, if you have an ounce of brain in your head, you would realize that she's not that talented. And you would keep her, you know, at a level that's more commensurate with her actual skills. You know, you know what he said? So the high school talent show. It's perfectly fine for a kid that age. Well, what he was saying, he was like, yeah, you have no place on a, you know, the, a Broadway stage. A stage is going to be eventually be a Radio City musical. You're not, you know, a, that level of talent. You're not at that level of talent. And he was saying, you know, and shame on you, your mom, for, uh, for fostering this kid's misconception of her talent. You know, what right. you should be doing is you should, like, be feeding that kid better. So the kid, you know... Uh, you know How little, fat was the kid? <laughs> just a little ch- a chubby kid, you know, okay. just a chubby kid. And it's just like, and she's going up on stage thinking, she's probably maybe 11 or 12, thinking she's like the next Alicia Keys, which she's not. Mm. And, and there's a lot of people that are like that. What like about I, the next Adele? <laughs> uh, when a girl did Adele song, too, and she was uh, buzzed off immediately. But, like, this woman with the parrot, those are the acts that I liked. And so who the are whole, the other two? Who are the other two that made it through? Do you remember? You said the the rapper God. guy and the there hot was a, chick. There was a dude that was like did a Cirque du Soleil performance on a pole. Good God! Um, one of my one of my you would have beat him with the unicycle act and the monkey for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that for, definitely a um, pole. There was a woman. She was like a sixty-five-year-old pole dancer trying to do a stripper thing. She's like sixty-five. Oh, an actual stripper pole. Yeah, she had two stripper poles. She was trying to do this like stripper pole. Wait, how, do, act. how do they set that up? Because isn't the roof in this theater super high? No, they weren't. They were like ten foot high poles. Yeah, and but the, a stripper pole is connected to the ceiling. No, they're also. portable with like a base on the ground. But she was saying that affected heavy, so her it won't performance. Fall over, right? Yeah, but, I but complained about it too. She comes out and she takes off her robe and like within like ten seconds, Harrison's like, eh, "You should be doing this in an old age home, like in a convalescent home." I could see this. But on the stage in front of people, okay, yeah, you're 65. It's a remarkable. Howard Stern feat of is strength. disgusted by normal female bodies. 
I was disgusted by this old grandma spinning around wearing like a revealing outfit. Would you want to see that? <laughs> uh, no, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be horrified by it either. I mean, are you, I'm assuming no beef curtain came out. And no, out. but she just was not. I mean, it was just like this wrinkly, saggy body. Mm. And, it's what people look like. I know. I mean, for her age of 65, she's a hot number to like another, like a six year old dude would be like, wow, you know, I'm going to totally shag this lady. But, <laughs> but to like <laughs> someone like me, I'd rather see a 20 year old girl on that pole. Right. But what I'm saying is I think, I think Howard Stern is, is, is sort of has some kind of a disorder where he's physically sickened by it. Impossible. Not, you- not that I'd rather see a hot stripper, which I would clearly. But it also doesn't like turn my stomach and make me not be able to eat for a day, like when Steel sees a retard. <laughs> my favorite, uh, one of my favorite acts is that he sent Ronnie, you know, Ronnie Munn, the the limo driver. Yes, Ronnie Liverdar. He's a, he's one of my favorite characters. He sent him up on stage to participate in this uh, magician act. This like kind of hot blonde magician from Canada, and uh, she did this trick where she was bound. And like he had to inspect all the, uh, the, the the knots, and then she was bound. They put her behind these curtains, and he was in in front of her. And then within like I don't know a minute, maybe forty seconds, they lowered the curtain, and she's still bound, but wearing his jacket and his glasses. Did he still have his jacket and glasses no. on? Then she took his jacket and his glasses off, oh. and was still bound. I mean, it was a, it was a, a very impressive feat. Very amazing magical trick. And even like um, some of the judges were like, oh, your stage presentation was awful. And it was just boring your build up. So they were trying to, but Howard Stern and the crowd loved her. And Howard Stern uh, was like, you know, I think Ronnie really enjoyed this. And for that reason, you're going to Vegas. (laughs) Was Ronnie able to keep his mouth shut? Usually you can't shut the guy up. I know. He was, he was talking the whole time and saying funny shit. And everybody, the crowd, there's all these Stern fans in the crowd. So the crowd the whole time yelling, Mambo, and which is his <laughs> which cologne, is, yeah, which is his cologne of choice, and topless, T O P L E S S, like spelling it out. He has all these sayings, yeah, because he's constantly talking. He likes the sound of his own voice. I thought it was funny, like uh, when people in the crowd, like a, a little girl, would be singing, and be a quiet moment, and then just some asshole in the back would be like, "Robin's sweet vagina." <laughs> Or Robin's tumor. They kept saying, I want to fuck Robin's tumor. Like, there's little kids. And that, that was the best part of the show. But but all in all, ugh, it was a horrific experience. It lasted, it was tedious. It lasted like two hours. They did how You didn't makeup. enjoy yourself? It was funny. I mean, I would have liked to watch like half of it. If I, got, if I was able to get drunk, I would have enjoyed it. But I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, though. If I was one of those judges and I was on stage... And Zach Braff got on stage, you know, Zach Braff, and he started doing his whole From little scrubs. Yeah. He started doing his whole little act and then, and then, uh, and then pleading to the audience to donate money to his new, uh, garden state sequel movie. I would have buzzed be a him. very bizarre I would've, act. I would have buzzed him in two seconds. Haven't you seen his Kickstarter video where he's trying to be all comical about it? He's got his little buddies coming on and he's. He's basically a celebrity panhandler in this video trying to be really funny and quirky and getting the audience to donate two million fucking dollars to his project to make a sequel to Garden State. I would have buzzed that guy in five seconds. I haven't watched the video, but I yeah, heard all about it. It's, it's quite ridiculous. 
It, I think it's worse than that parrot lady. I would rather give $5,000 to the lady with the breakdancing parrot than to Zach Braff for this fucking movie. That's how strongly I'm against his celebrity Kickstarter campaign. It's disgusting. So he, he's, starting a, he's starting a Kickstarter which, where you donate money so then he can go make a movie. But he's uh, – people do this when they're you know nobodies. They live in – that's what, Cleveland or something, and they want. They say, "I want to. I want to make a. For. I want to make a thriller. You know, detective story set in Cleveland with my iPhone, but I need some money to, so like you know, I can get the sound edited or something. And people will donate money, and maybe the guy makes a hundred thousand dollars because everybody you know gets all these people to donate twenty bucks based on some YouTube clip that he made. But Zach Braff's already a movie star. He's established three hundred fifty thousand dollars an episode for Scrubs. And that show was on for five, ten seasons. It's or in syndication. He still gets residuals from I, it. Whenever I'm at the airport, it seems to be on those TVs. Like, oh, fucking that doctor show. Well, the, okay, the whole thing with Kickstarter, it was founded for people like, you know, it, it, what kind of irks me about this too, what I found irksome about it is it kind of translates into podcasting in a way. And, and the reason I'm making <laughs> There's this, a lot of similarities. Well, the, the reason I'm making the similarity is like, you know, we're. We're an indie podcast. We we don't solicit funds from our audience. We ne- we never have done that. But we, and we do this, you know, out of our own love for fucking making a radio show, or maybe our own <laughs> ego, maybe our own ego, whatever. Yeah, love for our own sound but, of our own voice. But then all of a sudden, you get these like Joe Rogan's, these famous people that come out, and now it's like this big business and these podcasts. Like everybody's like, oh, there's a famous guy over there, so let's all listen to his podcast and donate money, and they dominate the the medium of podcasting, and they have the any comedian or any celebrity attached to it has the top twenty spots. Well, same well, thing. then there's there's also the podcasts, maybe famous people or maybe not, who also. Um solicit donations all the time like, and the amazon wish list donate to my amazon wish list, or just my or just a paypal button you just like hit this and give me some money which we've never done we, we've never done that and, and whatever i mean i, I guess i, I, I guess I, my ranking of people of you know who is better than who i appreciate joe rogan you know doing a podcast and actually having conventional you know sponsors and maybe selling t-shirts and then below that are the paypal people okay but but what i'm saying about it is you know these guys can do that. They could get donations from their audience because, like, everybody's like, oh, I'm, I got to listen to this podcast because there's famous people attached to it. And so the same thing with Zach Braff here and, and Veronica Mars, the director of Veronica Mars. And Charlie Kaufman even did a, did a Kickstarter. Charlie to, Kaufman did? For yeah, what? Charlie Kaufman did a, did a project here, used Kickstarter to fund his Stop Mo, Stop, um, uh, Mo uh, project, Anna, Animal Lisa, raking in double the required amount. David Fincher raised four hundred thousand dollars plus a further forty one k to make the goon, which was based on a comic book. Why can't these people invest in the movie and then make money when the movie sells tickets like like has been done forever but but what I'm saying about it, Zach Braff, Charlie Kaufman, David Fincher, they have connections in Hollywood. They could go get producers that will invest and completely fund their movie. Zach Braff says in his Kickstarter thing that if he does that, it compromises the artistic integrity of the movie. He doesn't get final cut. Dude, me and you, if we wanted to do a movie, we couldn't get that funding. We need to rely on something like Kickstarter. These guys do not need to rely on Kickstarter. These guys are taking advantage of Kickstarter because think about it. If this movie, this Garden State sequel, is a sleeper hit, like, um, like Blair Witch, which costs like 60K to make, but right. made millions – this Tens money, of millions, this hundreds mo- of millions. This money doesn't go to investors. This, there's no return. All of this money goes to Zach Braff. 
and his brother that created this. I mean, he should say that since this mo- this movie was funded by Kickstarter, all the profits should go to like you know Charity? UNICEF or something. Well, if, if and and he says he doesn't want to go get investors because he wants to have final say. Well, here's what here's what you do, Zach Braff. Invest your own two million dollars in it. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's. I'm sure that guy has two million dollars in the bank. Okay, you know, clearly there there's an internet estimate that's circulating online right now that his net worth is twenty two million dollars, and he says, I guess he break off that two that extra two, he'd still have twenty million dollars, and he could have funded his own fucking shitty movie. Well, this is what he said. I guess because there's been a backlash now and criticism of celebrities um, exploiting Kickstarter. And he's like, people seem to think I have Oprah Winfrey money. He's like, I've done well, but I'm not sitting on $22 million. Dude, Oprah Winfrey fucking has $2.8 billion. Yeah, he, should, he, should have, he might as well have said Bill Gates or that dude in Omaha, the insurance guy. It, but it's ridiculous. So you know what, though? You know, if, if you put up money, if you're an investor in a movie, you invest a producer, I don't know, whatever producer produces Iron Man, you make your money back plus profits. I mean, that's yeah. the way it works. As long as you don't get it, screwed by a shitty contract. Or well, if the project is a financial success. But people who invest in uh, Kickstarter, you don't get, you don't get anything. I mean, you, you invest $1,000. You get a sticker package or some, maybe some of Zach Braff's pubes, <laughs> which we should sue him for that because that's our idea. This is what he said. You contribute $40, you get a Wish I Was Here t-shirt. That's the name of the movie. Oh, um, really clever. You send thousands of dollars, you get to name a character. You get to offer advice after screening the director's cut, <laughs> and if you if you give how much money does that cost? That's uh, five thousand oh, dollars. If you give ten thousand dollars, you get a walk-on role. It, it's it, it's ridiculous, and all of these have been taken already. So people have already donated ten thousand dollars to this. And so, so you know what's funny? Did you see that whole um, spin on Twitter? Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric's. Did that? Uh, he he made a screenplay for a scene that he thinks should be in in the movie. It's just uh, should... you no. Know, you were telling me about it though. It's, someone actually filmed it. It's really funny. It's uh, you should just do a search for Tim Heidecker. Wish I was here. And it just Maybe shows you can this... link to it on the page too. Yeah, it shows this middle aged couple, and they're like, they're, you know, they're at a dimly lit table, and they're surrounded by bills, and the the, the wife's the the, <laughs> it's the a popular the... vignette. Yeah, and the, and the husband's like, I don't know where the money went. I don't know. They've and got the one wa- of those adding machines out. Like <laughs> yeah, he's got a calculator. <laughs> he's like, and, and the, the wife's like, I know where the money went. You gave our last hundred dollars that goddamn Zach Braff. And then they have this <laughs> little Asian kid they can't eat. That's their. Um, but it, I mean, it's hilarious. But dude, if you think about it, it's true. And that's what fucking pissed me off about it. You get fucking, you know, you 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 put up a Kickstarter. You get your your buddy Chris Hardwick to be in it. In the video, you get um, one of the Big Bang Theory guys to be in it. Ugh, get your nerd God. cred. And then uh, next thing you know, everybody's donating fucking $2 million to your vanity project. It's like, come on, people. You know, really, you should be donating this money to charity if you have money to burn like this. What are you getting out of it? Nothing. No. Ver- literally nothing. <laughs> I mean, that T-shirt is literally nothing. At all. I just, you, I, you know, I did. I read this on the internet. It's not my original idea, and I don't remember where I read it, but um, and maybe multiple places. But this bears stating too. If this keeps happening, you know what's going to happen is the actual movie studios are going to be like, "Hot, sweet, goddamn, we we no longer have to invest money." 
we'll just do Kickstarter for every movie. And then what's going to happen is every movie that comes out now then is going to be like the lowest common denominator of internet shit. So you're going to get like the, the biggest release of the year is going to be like, Grumpy Cat eats bacon on a hot air balloon. And everybody's going to be like, I love Grumpy Cat. You're five bucks. And that movie's going to be like the biggest funded movie of the year. And you're not going to get like, you know, the piano or my left foot anymore. <laughs> or, or you get these movies that uh, that they have to allow the crowd to comment and to to compliment. So you have these like, you know, you have uh, these investors like somebody gives twenty thousand dollars. Well, I want to be in the movie. And then they, right. then you you have to write in a role for this fucking internet nobody that donated so much money to your project. And I think you're, but you're right though. You bring up a good point. What's the stop the dudes from making Thor three, the producers of Thor three, to be like, you know what? We don't need to get independent financiers to to donate no, millions of dollars. No, just Kickstarter. And we'll yeah. make a bit. We'll make a big cliffhanger at the end of Thor two, so you know that'll encourage people to donate money. For Thor 3 or Iron Man 3. And, and then that, that's the thing. I think Kickstarter should look at what, what people are using their product for, using their, their site for. Why? Because it, it should be funded. <laughs> they, make money, they make money on it. They make money for it, but, it, but it's, it's, they're selling out. Like This is like they're completely pandering to uh, huge movie studios, to celebrities. It's like it really should be used for what it, what it was in the base. It's like you know, creative projects that are like independent projects, like the independent guy, the artist that wants the to fund o- the his only next reason exhibit. they, the only reason they would do that is that if they thought that losing their independent cred was going to cost them money in the long run. Well, I, you know what I think? They're not going to do it out of the goodness of their hearts or out of their belief of, you know, the, the small time upstart, you know, young artist. Well, all I'm saying to the general public and people, you should spread the word to your friends and family that are Zach Braff fans. When you're thinking <laughs> about donating $10 to Zach Braff's vanity project for his sequel to Garden State, Wish I Was Here, why don't you, why don't you look at that $10 and think about what else you could do with it? I'm Just not saying throw it in the toilet and flush. Yeah. I mean, wipe your ass with it. Why not donate it to a starving African child? Like there's shitloads of charities. But you know, Zach Braff could be on Kickstarter raising money for a charity. You know, to to combat illiteracy, to uh, you know, fight starvation. But instead, he's just doing this to to raise money, two million dollars, and people are so readily willing to give him thousands of dollars to fund a movie, but they won't spend a dollar. On someone's star. I mean, I, I can't agree. I'm, I'm a heartless bastard. I don't give any money to charity. But I'm also not giving. Zach Bramp isn't a charity. That dude doesn't deserve your money. I give my money to charity every April. <laughs> charity of Obama. <laughs> exactly. On that note, um, yeah, fuck Zach Bramp. Fuck that Zach Horrible Braff. project. Yes. I hope that movie never just, gets just made. Don't, just don't give your money to famous people's Kickstarters. They have to- money, they have way more money than you. Exactly. If you're going to give your money, just find out what the what the cause is. I mean, you don't need to you don't need to fund the next Veronica Mars. Some rich Jewish producer can fund the next Veronica Mars. Let the Jews do it. That's yeah. what, they, they they have experience. They've been doing it for years. We run Hollywood for a reason. <laughs> People, this is episode three seventy eight here. Sick and wrong. Um, you know the way the show works. Wacken and I present the most disturbing news items of the week. They have to be disturbing, horrific atrocities that occur every week that that we have to read. Over the listeners and over can again. be the judge of how how disturbing they are. Exactly, they have to, but, be a, a, they have, to have a modicum of disturbance. 
Uh, you can send your stories to sickgroundpodcast.com, submit them via Twitter, the Facebooks, it's many different avenues. And if we do read your story and give you credit, we'll send you a sick and wrong care package. Well, actually, we got some good ones here, some good ones for uh, this week. Uh, before we get to that, oh, yeah. people, support our sponsors. We don't ask for donations, but we do ask you to buy dildos. That's one thing we do ask. That's a legitimate business transaction. We advertise, you buy the products, they give us money. That's how it's been done since the dawn of radio. Exactly. And that's why we're traditionalists in that respect. So people, go to adamandeve.com and support us. Here's a word from our sponsor. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. So the first story here for episode 378 was sent in just from a guy named Steve. He just says Steve. Steve-o. Steve. Steve doesn't give us any description about his life, his profession, his, his likes, his dislikes, his measurements. Just Steve. He's a simple man. Laconic guy. I like guys like that. It's good. Muskegon man charged with felony for allegedly sexually assaulting two dogs. It's a menage a bark. Yeah, yeah. a little <laughs> bit of a three-way. Bit of a three-way going on there. Um, witness testifies that she saw a Muskegon man having sex with two dogs. Uh, this is in Muskegon, Michigan, which is, uh, I guess it's on the west side of Michigan, kind of by Kalamazoo, that's that true. area. I've been there. I've been there a couple of times. So Just a, listen to the name of the town, and you can get a picture of what it's like. Muskegon, yeah. Musk, Musky, dismal, dismal community. There's a fish called a musky, I believe, that you could probably catch there. That's probably what they named the town after. Maybe a 36 year old Muskegon man has been charged with a felony for allegedly sexually assaulting two dogs that were living in his home. You know, I wonder if this guy lives on his own. That, that's what's weird about when you're in a small community. Like that, like, so this guy's 36, late 30s, you know, we're 38, we're also late 30s, but it's a little more like permittable or understandable, I guess, not normal for dudes our age to live alone in like a city like LA. No, but okay. Do you think it's, do you think it's odd that you're a 38 year old dude and you live by yourself in, in the Bay Area? It's not as odd as if I lived in Muskegon. I will agree with you there. I think people in a small town like that, in a small community, would be like, that dude's got to be gay. Look at Steel. <laughs> <laughs> he's an odd dude. He yeah, lives in the no, dorm he's, room. He's weird. In Bay City. And clearly, lives on strange. his own. 
he's a strange guy. I think, uh, but at least we kind of know what he does, right? He goes to the nudie bar. That that's the problem. I mean, in L.A. in the Bay Area, there's things to occupy a single, you know, mid to late thirties guy on his own. There's bars, restaurants, places to go. But in small towns, there's nothing to do. Yeah, I don't know what you would do as a as a, a single late thirties guy. If I still lived in my hometown, it would be very rough. Let me put it that way. I just, I mean, you'd probably see the same skanks at the bar. Most there people aren't, there aren't skanks at the bar. They're you know maybe they're sixty years well, old yeah. and they're like widows. Well, there's divorcees. Mm, but even the divorcees, I guess I'm saying they're on like uh, match dot They, they, get, they get well, yeah, they get uh, and they get snatched up quickly. Well, but then, but that's the thing. It's like what? what so so then you're like a late thirties dude. You live in this small town. Rumors start to circulate. People are like, yo, what does that guy do? He's not married. Everybody, everybody in your peer group, like it would be weird for us at 38 not to have at least one kid or have been married at least once yes. if we lived in the, and in if the you're, Midwest. And if you're married and you don't have a kid, they think that like uh, you're shooting blanks or your wife, her eggs are dried up. Or something. And if you live alone, they think you're either gay or you're fucking your dog. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> gay is the best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, oh, that, that poor guy's gay, and there's not a whole lot of gay people in the small town Midwest. You know, it sucks to be him. But maybe he's not gay. Maybe he's doing something really weird. Either he's, a, he's either a pedophile or right. he's raping his animals. And uh, that's the case with Curtis Peter Peterson. I'm not even making up that's his name. Curtis Peter Peterson. Good um, God. 36-year-old Muskegon man is, has been arraigned. On one count of crime against nature, <laughs> also known as bestiality, uh, that is kind of cool. Like to be in uh, to be in prison, and be like, "What you in for? A crime against nature." We're probably going to get shivved though, because I don't think hardcore con convicts t- uh, like you know people who abuse animals. I was only littering. Poor Sorry, I just I, I littered. I, I, you know, just, I, I didn't. I fucked a tree. <laughs> <laughs> you know the hole in the tree. I fucked that. You don't care about trees, do you? He, um, he. This is a felony, though. This crime against nature, punishable up to fifteen years in prison. And the reason the charge is so egregious is because Peterson, Curtis Peter Peterson, is a fourth-time habitual offender. This dude four has times stuck his dick in a lot of dog ass. Well, vagina. Or or ass, you don't know. It might be a male dog. Is it worse if it's a male dog? Or yes. you just why is that worse than a female dog? Because you ever seen dog butthole? <laughs> it's, it's always gross. Especially be for some reason beagles, their butthole gets really weird as they age. What what happens to it? It's not like a baboon's asshole that's like turns all purpley kind of and, and puffy. Well, you know you know people just they describe the uh the butthole as like looking like chewed bubblegum. <laughs> well, imagine like a big wad of big league chew rather than just a small stick of gum. I, I don't think it matters if the dog has this deformed butthole or versus it has a beautiful butthole. I'm still not going to stick my cock anywhere near it. Well, you were asking if it was grosser to fuck a dog's vagina or its butthole. Well, their vaginas look the weird difference. too. Not as weird. <laughs> All right. Anyway, please say Peterson sexually stimulated a pit bull belonging to his roommate. Okay, so this guy didn't even live alone. Um, now, when you say sexually stimulated, that makes it sound like it is a male dog, and then he's jacking it off. He could have been. Um, but they say he also sexually penetrated his own blue healer dog, which I don't even know what a blue healer dog is. 
but uh, I guess this is part of the menage a trois that was going on here. Where uh, so he was probably sucking the pitbull's cock while he was fucking the blue healer. Sucking and fucking. <laughs> Just to uh, give you the scene here. Um, it was allegedly witnessed by someone who had been in his home at the time as she passed his bedroom doorway and noticed the man naked on his bed having sex with the animals. So this was like his roommate. Wait a minute. He has roommates in their home and his door is open and he's doing this? Apparently. This was his roommate's dog. So one of, his, one of the, the pit bull was his dog. The other dog was his roommate's dog. And I imagine his roommate's girlfriend walked by, you know, probably go to the bathroom, maybe to change her tampon or something. And she walks by the door. And there's, there he is. You know, the one roommate that she's like, why do you live with that guy? I never that guy's liked creepy. him. He's fine. He's he just cool. keeps to himself. I went to high school with a dude. We've been friends forever. I knew his parents. He's always got weed. It's cool. It's cool. And she's just like, I, she was always spurious. She never liked the guy. And then she finally goes back and then what's the, what's, what does she see? A menage a trois on his waterbed with two dogs. Oh, it's a waterbed? <laughs> I'm just, made, just I made that, that up. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like the guy has a waterbed? Yeah, but you got to make sure the dog's claws are clipped. Yeah, it's, if you're going to fuck your dog on your waterbed, you should clip its claws. It should be manicured. Um, the man later told police that, yes, he was naked. But he was just petting the dog. You know, just naked petting. Innocuous, <laughs> harmless, naked petting. I don't like to be around a pit bull naked because it could latch onto your wiener. I'm surprised that this dude would fuck a pit bull. Like, out of all the dogs to fuck, I'd much rather... I'd be more prone to fucking a golden retriever than a pit bull. That's your style? Well, I'm just saying, a pit bull... That's what you're into, golden retrievers? (laughs) Like, all all retrievers? Like, Labradors and that kind of stuff? I don't like the Chesapeake Bay retrievers, but I like the other ones. You don't? No, okay, but what I'm saying is... A Doberman or a Rottweiler or a pit bull, those are unpredictable animals. Like, Would you want your cock anywhere near that? I mean, I wouldn't fuck a dog at all, but you like, clearly <laughs> have thought about it. I'm just saying if you had to fuck a dog, like a thought experiment What, what would you pick? You'd what pick breed? a golden retriever? Over a pit bull or like a, you know, or, or a, a Rottweiler. You, don't put limitations on me. I'm just, I'm trying to think of dogs. You would fuck a golden retriever though. I would probably fuck, you don't want to fuck a really small dog because you'll injure it. Yeah. You so want, you want a dog that can handle your cock. <laughs> Maybe it's St. Bernard. <laughs> you know, I that, like kind of like the thicker girls. That would be funny because those are big dogs. Like you could probably mount that but they're thing. Gentle. And it would run around though, and you could probably I could just ride it. You would be riding literally. it literally. I was gonna say a poodle too, but I think they can be mean. Or are you saying you find poodles sexier just because they're feminized? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Golden <laughs> retrievers are friendly. <laughs> they are friendly. <laughs> Please say that uh, Curtis Peter Peterson was also witnessed by the same roommate or the same room, the same uh, woman sexually pleasuring the pit bull when he stepped out of the shower. So she probably either opened the door on him or maybe he showers with the door open. With the bathroom That's door the old open. Ted Kennedy move. <laughs> <laughs> what, the senator? Yeah. Remember you, you come out of the shower with no pants on and then you're like, oh, I didn't see you there. Oh, sorry. Excuse yeah. me. He, he, this guy does it with the dog, though. He said he allowed one of the dogs to pleasure him uh, when he stepped out of the shower. So I wonder if it's the dog just sitting there and he's like, this dog's already out, you know. Right. Let's just go here. But right. What's That's in, the move. What's weird about this is uh, 
he still lives. Curtis Peter Peterson still lives in the same house with the roommate. And one of the dogs remains with him, with the roommate in the home. Uh, one of the other dogs was, uh, was removed. Would you continue li- to live with this guy? If, if he, I mean, if, if your girlfriend, you know, this was before the menage a trois. If your girlfriend caught him, like, getting his dick sucked or licked or whatever, his balls licked by the dog, by your dog, wouldn't you say something? Wouldn't you be concerned? Wouldn't you be like, it's time to have a roommate talk? Yeah, somebody's got to pay the rent, though. Didn't you have a roommate <laughs> who had a boyfriend who molested your cat's asshole? Yes, I did, actually. And um, did she continue to date the guy? She did, and I got really upset about it. I think I, we talked about this on uh, the podcast. I, I, I just remember. No, I had, like, totally just completely blew a final like it was a final for some class and i just, I just did horror i think it was like a, i don't remember what class it was i did horrible on it i came out i was already in a bad mood and then i come back uh to the apartment and she's with this guy and uh they're both laughing they're laughing and like whispering to each other and i was like what's so funny and uh he's like don't tell him don't tell him and i was like don't tell me what but th- by that point i was like getting really annoyed and right. then she You're comes already out, annoyed and this is just heightening it but she comes out and she's just like, I forget his name. Let's call him John. She's like, oh, John stuck his finger in Tibor's asshole. And I was like, and then at first I thought he was fucking with me, but then they were, they, he really did that. He took my cat and shoved his finger in my cat's asshole. I flipped the fuck out on the guy. I threw him out of my house. I was just like, dude, get the fuck out of my house. You're an asshole. You are right. an asshole. And, right. and he's like, the cat's fine. I was like, who cares if the cat's fine? Uh, yeah, the, I mean the same the thing could be said about these dogs. I, you know what I should have done? I should have called the authorities and get and had that cat get like a rape test, like a rape kit where they <laughs> swab its kit. asshole. <laughs> would that have been great uh, though? Because she would have been so upset if I made a yes. big point out of it and had the detectives come over and then right. that dude would be a sex offender. Yeah, felony crime against nature. So Peterson here was convicted, um, or he's arraigned on these charges, but previously he had a criminal history. He was convicted of attempted fourth-degree criminal sexual conduct. He was also convicted of carrying a concealed weapon. I wonder about this guy. Do you think this dude, he's, he's, not, he's our age. Do you think this Younger dude has always been attracted to animals, and that's, that's his fetish? That's what, that's what, or do you think it's a, it, it, it's a result of, I'm unable to date in Muskegon. I'm never going to find any attractive girls. Yeah, I think it's a chicken and the egg situation. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what causes what? But I mean, when you live in a small Johnny community, seems nice. Why don't you date him? He fucks dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't ask anymore. Yeah, I imagine word would get around pretty quickly. He needs to be chemically castrated, I think is what you're saying. Well, I think he should be banned from any animal shelters. I don't think he uh, should be allowed in a Petco. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he just, he's the guy who washes the dogs in the back. He just full-on erection every day. <laughs> that Peter Peterson, he's a weird guy. Just soaping up the, soaping up the Sharpays. That's another one I would fuck, by the way. <laughs> a Sharpay. A Sharpay, the wrinkly ones? Yeah, because you g- grab the wrinkles. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. It might work. <laughs> you might... You might not know if you're in the actual right hole, though, because all those folds. <laughs> I like those little Scottish terriers. I mean, they're small. Too small, though. You're going to rip it apart. Yeah, but they're just kind of funny. It would be. I find those really funny-looking dogs. It would just be funny just to have, you know. Have it just, you could like have it on your car just walking <laughs> around. Hey, look at this thing. You could talk like a Scotsman. <laughs> you put a scotch. Put a over it. 
Yeah, you put it, you put it under the kill. That's how Scottish people fuck their dogs. Yep, a Scottish terrier. Anyway, whack. What do you have here for the second story? Mine is a little more disturbing than yours. Oh, really? The gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, the guy says, I'll have a roasted baby and small fries. Chris, Southampton, UK. <laughs> that accent was terrible. <laughs> Let me do it again. I'll have a roasted baby and a, and a small fries. You can tell he's from England because he says things a little bit weird. A I'll have fries. a small fries. Don't they call it chips there? Yeah, I think he's trying to... Is he trying to be an American? He's trying... He's my accent is as bad as him trying to write like an American. Oh, so he's trying to mock us. Okay, all right. I got Maybe. it. Maybe. It'll it. become more clear. The story happens in Chile, so who knows? You know, so I said that Chile. Chile. <laughs> Instead of Chile, which is what most people call it. Um, there's this guy. His name is R- Ramon Gustavo Castillo Gallete. That's a hell of a name. He's not a bullfighter. He was known as... Is he a revolutionary? No. He's known as Antares from the light. He (laughs) considers himself a god. (laughs) Wow. And uh, he believed the world was about to end on the 21st of December of last year. You know what's comforting about this? I like how there's wackos in all countries. Like, it's not just like we don't have all the cult leaders just in the U.S. Right. You know, these egomaniacal people that have to, like, swindle others out of their money out of their maiden heads. At least this guy, you know, is in Chile. I like that he considers himself a god. Or on what on what criteria? When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> Have you seen Ghostbusters? Yeah, but on what criteria? Ray? Like if some dude, like if I came up to you and I was like, Wackerly, I am now Sir D of the Lava Lamp or something, whatever. Like if and I was like, I'm Sorry. a god. Yes. And would you want evidence, like, of my powers? Yeah, I would. What powers do you have? Well, that's the thing. I would, I would have to, like, demonstrate some kind of power. Like, have you seen that video that's been going around with Tila Tequila? I posted it on Twitter. Uh, I heard she was dating an 18-year-old or something. She, she thinks she can bend light and create energy balls in her hands. Yeah, she's a wacko. Well, she filmed a seven-minute YouTube video of her trying to create these balls with her hands and really believing that what she, that it she's was She's got there. a lot of experience there, I think. Well, she definitely held a lot of balls. <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> is it convincing? No. I, I watched a good four <laughs> minutes of the video just to be like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? She's on drugs is what's going on. I know, but I bet you this guy did the same thing. He, so, yeah. he believes so strongly that he's a god that other people are like, all right, Actually, he it, has a better a method. What's his method? Um, his cult members apparently consumed mass quantities of ayahuasca. <laughs> oh shit! All right, <laughs> I'll talk about Which being is a, a potent suge- hallucinogenic plant. We talked too much about hallucinogenics last week, so I'm not going to go on. Talk that. about being in a suggestive state of mind, though. But keep that in mind, though, ayahuasca, um, because I contend that this story disproves Bill Hicks' little diatribe on hallucinogenics. Right. Um, drugs are a lot of fun. I never killed anybody. <laughs> and they're never... good. And like nobody ever did anything bad on LSD. You know, the, the new, he, he talks about how the news always talks about people like jumping off the roof. And he's like, fuck that guy. He was an idiot. 
well, he goes off and says he doesn't do drugs anymore. He's like, but I had a damn good time doing drugs. Never killed right. anybody, never hurt anybody. We just well, had a lot yeah. of fun. And he talks about the, a real a news lot. report would be that, yeah, people would take LSD and they like, you know, gain great insight into their, into the way the world works and their own personalities and blah, blah, blah. But this also happens. <laughs> uh, not this particularly, but another piece of background. I- investigators say that uh, this cult leader also had sexual relationships with all the women in the, in the sect. Well, when you're... He was, last, he was last seen traveling to Peru to buy more ayahuasca. But when, they don't have it in Chile. When you're a god, you kind of get carte blanche for the pussy and your sick, you know, your cult members. You can't say no to God. Exactly. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like the pinnacle of game. You just walk in and be like, I'm your god. Bend over. Yet all of Jesus' apostles were Spread men. Them. Yeah, that's Except saying, for Mary Magdalene, right? That's saying something. That's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Mary Magdalene, who supposedly he didn't have sex with. Yeah, I wonder what he did. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why he's like Judas, that single guy living in Muskegon. Why do you think Judas betrayed him? Yeah, <laughs> he's got jealous. Yeah, he's a slut. It's that like, Jesus with a his little long catty, hair. catty queen thing going on. There. His long hair, his robe, always open suspiciously too far. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Jesus is gay, but I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a little funny, and I'm not saying funny, haha. Well, as always happens in these kind of stories, police are now hunting for Ramon Gustavo Castillo Gallete. And I don't think it's because ayahuasca is illegal. I don't even know if it is illegal. I guess it probably is. What, what does ayahuasca come from? Is it a root? Like a I don't know. Whenever leaf? you talk to somebody who's really into drugs, they always have to be like, oh, I took ayahuasca, man. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> Fuck off. I don't give a shit about what drugs you took. They make it so hardcore. It's supposed to be super hardcore. That's what I'm trying to say. But I mean, what is it like, peyote? Um, yeah. Like you remember that scene in uh, Altered States where John Hurt becomes a monkey? Is he on ayahuasca? <laughs> ayahuasca then? turned him into a monkey, yeah. <laughs> or something like ayahuasca in the movie. He also gets in a deprivation tank. Never take ayahuasca and go in a deprivation tank. You will turn into a monkey man. God, According yeah, I don't to know that if movie, I would do that. It would be awful. Can you imagine? <laughs> it could be fun. You need like Ren and Stimpy and weed. You don't but, need to be floating in salt bath and a complete darkness and no sound. Yeah, no, I, I could. N- I, I don't think that's mind expanding. I think it's mind terrorizing. You, you turn know, into a monkey. <laughs> the thing is with acid, any hallucinogen like that, it's like it's a weird way to have fun. Just six yeah. hours of being a schizophrenic. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see the appeal. I have had fun on it. And so like I said, it always involved tons of pot and like the dumbest, tel- you know, I think we watched Spaceballs one time. Yeah, Spaceballs. Yeah, just ridiculous humor. It's easily accessible by your, does it turn you, into- does it turn you into a schizophrenic or just like an eight year old? And I think it turns you into kind of, cause a lot of people get like really paranoid about it. And then you start True. thinking somebody's looking at you weird and then, right. There or, or then you, you don't want to go outside. Everybody's got to stay in this room or something oh, yeah. might happen. And it's like, you, you freak out. You become like a paranoid schizophrenic for six hours. It's not like it just lasts for You're 30, right. 30 minutes. Those are more of the bad trips. Yeah. When it wasn't fun. There's always one person that's going to have a bad trip and you can yep. make that trip worse if you really try. Well, here's what happened death metal beyond taking ayahuasca although they were on ayahuasca when this happened uh they took a three-day-old baby which is a very small baby and they nailed it to or strapped it to a board 
and duct taped her mouth. And then they threw her into a two meter deep hole in the ground that had a fire in the bottom fire pit. <sighs> oh my God. It's a God. very deep fire pit. They sacrificed a baby, a newborn. They, they believed that they considered it the anti and an not the antichrist an antichrist. Oh, so so that implies that they're going to sacrifice more babies. Right, there could be others. <laughs> it's just that's why you do get more ayahuasca. Good God! They believe, like I said, he was a uh, he had sexual relations with all the women in his women in his cult, and they think that he was the father of the murdered baby. Which is one way to avoid paying any kind of child support or having to change diapers. Just so what? What is this? Tell uh, your wife that the baby's the Antichrist and then burn it. What? What is this? Plan bonfire. <laughs> uh, late, late, late term. <laughs> morning after bonfire. In Chile, Plan B has a completely different meaning, right. but still F. just as effective. Um. That's it. That's the story. God. But <laughs> so, I mean, what sometimes the... acid does make you do bad things. <laughs> I'm just Police saying, agents. like, talk about ruining my buzz. It's like, dude, we were just tripping out. I thought it was a monkey. It's about to get my we're get a blowjob. Looking and... into this cool fire. Yeah. And like, you know, seeing all these hallucinations. All of a sudden you throw a fucking baby in the fire. Are you I out can't of your fucking you mind? Bought... I can't even believe you bought... brought the baby to the acid <laughs> yeah. party. That's bad enough. So wait, what, what was the mother doing? Was, was she sacrificed as well? No, she was into it. So she was like, yeah, fuck it, plan B for this one. Well, well, you know, it is an antichrist, this baby. I mean, it doesn't have a tail, and it looks like a normal baby, but I'm pretty convinced it's the antichrist. He's God, And Terry's from the light said so, and he's a god. Dude, this guy's got to have just, do they have a picture of him? He must just be, he must look like Brad Pitt or George Clooney, or the combination of Pitt and Clooney, because who else is going to follow somebody? <laughs> Maybe in Chile he's considered that. I don't have a picture. Does he look like Ricardo Monoban? Because if Ricardo Monoban was like, you know, you need to sacrifice that bad baby is the Antichrist, I'd be like, all right, you're an attractive man. That baby <laughs> is the Antichrist. The Antichrist. It's now he has thing. a handlebar. He has a handlebar mustache, and he's kind of balding on top, and he has like long wispy hair in the back. <laughs> really? And this guy's a god. He's a god. What the fuck? Who are you to say what a god should look I'm like? I'm just saying they need to evaluate are you a their, god? their god standards. Uh, okay, no, uh, all I'm saying. Are you a god? In this country. Are you a god? In this country, Brad Pitt's a god. Well, look at that guy. You know, uh, George Clooney. Um, John Hamm's <laughs> almost at god status now. I want to hear about more male actors that you think are gods. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm just saying if John Hamm decided to, like, start up Justin Bieber, perfect example. If he's Is like, he I god? want my believers. To follow me and uh, grave. Sac- sacrifice a baby. I could see that uh, that happening. He's not some one, fat one dude with like a list. wispy beard and a handlebar mustache. I didn't say this guy was fat. I said he was bald. All right. Ba- who's going su- who's gonna to support a baldy? <laughs> God. I don't know. Yeah. Bald is not a good look if you're trying to be godlike. I think they need to. You, ass- you, can, be, you can be God-fearing and be bald. Well, right. that's true. That's true. I, I just think they need to reevaluate their priorities down there. <laughs> you, think, you think they need to get hotter cult leaders? <laughs> just saying, if if you're going to follow somebody and burn some babies, it should be John Hamm telling you to do this. Or what or about Clooney. like Gabriel Garcia Marquez? That's that's the is that the author like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, the guy that wrote Hundred Years of Solitude? <laughs> Who am I thinking of? I, I do I, like him. I, I like his reading. You're thinking of uh, uh, Gail Barcin or Bernal. Yes, yeah, that's that dude. what I meant. He's very handsome. 
I, 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 I guess. I, know, I can't think of what he looks like. <laughs> he played Che Guevara, I think. What about Eric Estrada? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Although he's a little old, but in his prime during Chips. I would have, I would have burned a baby for that man. And John, whoever that guy was called. Whatever that his name know. was. Yeah. And they're going to be like co-gods of the universe. Well, let's see what happens when they catch this Chilean god. And if he's able to use his god powers to uh, blind the authorities and escape again. Or maybe just ascend up Chile, into heaven. Chile is one of those countries. A lot of these South, South American countries, because they're so dominated by Catholicism, they don't have the death penalty. So this guy's just going to be in a prison cell. Yeah. Unless he uses his God powers. Get, I, I think the prisons are very, so poorly run that you get murdered in prison, but the actual government won't execute you. Well, I think the moral of the story is if you want to have a good trip on acid, don't burn a baby. Watch Ren and Stimpy. Just don't do it with your college pals. Don't do it with like some Chilean sect of cult. <laughs> People, send your stories to SickerOnPodcast at a hotmail.com. Well, actually, we got a few phone calls here. The SW hotline, two zero six 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 three eight four six is that number. Um, before we get to our first phone call, here's a word from our second sponsor, who you should also support: Audible.com. If you're illiterate or have Down syndrome, but you still want to read a book. Why not go to audible.com and get an audiobook? Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from, with more being added all the time. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. All right, so we got a few phone calls here to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Uh, Wankerly, the first phone call was from the guy that left that really cryptic message last week. Yeah, I had no idea what he was referring to. It said something like, are you salted? Are you horny? Are you buttery? Yeah. Buttered. But, which I was like, well, what is this guy talking about? And so he called back and explained it. Hey, uh, called in last week um, with a uh, rather mysterious uh, message about the, are you salted, are you buttered? It was very serious. And that was just an attempt to um, prove the uh, truth that uh, Lance lives does in fact live in Alameda because I've always been every time he talks about you know being at home or something I've always wondered if he really does live here because I think I would have run into him by now is is Alameda that small that you probably would run into everybody mm. yeah kind of I mean if you like run in the circles you know in a certain age group and people who like to drink alcohol there's only so many bars here, but you know, Alameda is just pretty much a section of Oakland. I mean, it's its own city, but it could just be considered like a neighborhood island. of Oakland. Yeah, yeah. So or this right dude adjacent to Oakland, it's right next to downtown Oakland. So, so you have to question why this guy thinks you're lying about living in Alameda. Why would you lie about living there? It's funny that I would lie about living in Alameda. I, I don't get. I don't understand. It's not exactly prestigious or cool. Yeah, like I, I could see if you're lying about living in like I live in Manhattan, but you actually live in Queens, right? You know, let's see what he says. I want to see what that queer looks like in real life. Um, that statement, "Are you salted? Are you buttered?" is from the Alameda Movie Theater, and the uh, movie theater treat team, which they play before every single movie, and it's it's been. It's been ingrained into my mind, and I always say it. And I, I decided to uh, test 
I thought it was rather <laughs> memorable every time I see it, but I guess that's not the case for you. Thank you, guys. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> okay, okay. So this guy decided to do this cryptic test to see if you recognize this to prove that you really do live in Alameda. I guess. I, I still don't know whether he thinks I do or don't at this point. But, uh, was he the he mayor was maybe he just of Alameda? The mayor of Alameda is a black lady. Well, then why does this guy have such Alameda pride? Like, why is he trying to think? <laughs> He's probably, but Alameda has a lot of people who are uh, born and raised and will never leave. It's that kind of a town. This guy's... A lot of people, I think a lot of people in the UK, a lot of towns in the UK are like this. So a lot of our UK listeners will relate as well as the Midwest, maybe too. Well, no, a lot of English people grow up living in like the Hogwarts and they just don't want to leave Hogwarts. Like they're just, why would you? It's the greatest. And then they could do their magic tricks. And that's kind of right. what an English town is like Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. But right. Alameda is different though. Cause you're right by Oakland. You're right by San Francisco. Why would you live there? If. I mean, uh, why would you say because, because the people who live here, like I said, there's there's a certain group of people who are born and raised here and would never go to Oakland. Once in a while, they go to San Francisco, but they're like, oh, the parking's impossible and everything's so expensive. I'm just going to stay in Alameda. It's that kind of place. So do you think this guy's a stalker? Why, why does he want to know what you look like and prove that you live in Alameda? I think he wants to boof me. <laughs> I think you have a stalker, Wackerly. I'm not worried. I, I would want to know. What's he going to say? Come up and be like, are you Lance Wackerly? I'll be like, sure. Hi. Yeah, well, Hi. Bye. <laughs> yeah, maybe he wants to wear your skin as a coat. You never know. Maybe. Alameda's not really that kind of a place. It's a nice, no. nice town. This guy would But his... I, you know what? I do, I do know what he's talking about. Oh, you've been I, to I've that been theater? To the, I've been to it once. Who, who, <laughs> he makes it sound like if you live in a town, you like go to the movie theater every week. Like, what am I, my parents? Well, this probably... go, my parents, who are 65 years old, they go to the movies every week because they don't have anything to do else to do while they wait to die. What is it, though? Is the usher saying, are you buttered? Are you salted? No, it's a little bit strange. Most theaters in the United States are owned by one of these big conglomerates like AMC or there's several of them. AMC is the only one I can remember right now. Uh, but the theater in Alameda is, I think, independently owned. And so at the beginning of movies in the corporate theaters, Showcase, there's another one, they have like these canned things <clears> that they <throat> play, like their quizzes. And, and I'm talking about even before the actual previews, but just like bullshit that they put on the screen. But in Alameda, because it's independent, they actually like contracted with somebody in town to do these bizarre animations of oh. like, like, I guess the popcorn guy is like a general... And then there's, like, a nacho guy who's, like, clearly a bad Mexican stereotype with, like, a big-ass fucking do sombrero they nachos? Yeah, they do. And then I think there's, like, a hot dog who's this slutty character. It's very weird. And they all talk, and they, and they have these lines. And I think what he's saying is the, like I said, the popcorn guy is, like, this army dude. And he says something, like, you know, army-like about Are you buttery, buttered? salty fucking things going in your mouth. So it's kind of like that, let's go down to the lobby. Which is exactly what I said last week, remember? I said it sounds like something uh, Out of a like movie. from a drive-in, and I was wondering why he thought I was some drive-in you know, memorabilia Enthusiast. aficionado. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, but Yeah, I only went to that theater once to see The Hobbit. I'd watch out, Wackerly. There's gonna yeah, be I'm, not, I'm never going to that theater you. again, that's for sure. <laughs> Do not. In a dark what? theater, and the guy's like hand comes up on my shoulder. Hi, are you Lance Wackerly? <laughs> <laughs> run away <laughs> i definitely wouldn't let him butter your popcorn if you know what no. i mean uh here's the uh second um the second call it's about uh loose women 
Good morning, sick and wrong. I was just listening to, uh, I think it was episode 273, just playing catch up with that, uh, about your lady that got pissed off. I gotta say, this is one of my favorite English accents. <laughs> Don't you like this one? Yeah, I do. I can't like, I, I always try and place it with some famous person I know, but I can't really figure it out. Oh, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll think about it because he does sound like someone that's a, a famous British television personality, but this is one of my favorite British accents. Okay. At the Geek Conference, uh, she overheard the guys making goofy comments. Well, if she didn't like what these guys were saying, fuck off and sit somewhere else. You know? <laughs> exactly. We have a, t- a TV program here in England called Loose Women, and it is, it's these four haggard old bitches, <laughs> and they just sit and chat, and it is... Sounds the- like The View. We have, we have a couple of those shows. We have The View, and we have another one called The Talk. Yeah, I've we- seen The Talk, uh, but The View is more popular. The view, but it's the same thing. It's like these, it's what, the four thing. haggard old bitches just sitting around talking about current events. And the only hot one everybody hated because she was a Republican, right? Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah, yeah. Does he sound like Ian McShane? Uh, mm. No, I don't think so. Who am I thinking of? You know who it was? Remember in the movie Sexy Beast? Yeah. It was that guy. The, the actor that plays the sexy beast. Not, not Ben Kingsley, the other guy. Um, I know his name, but I can't think of it. That's who's Yeah, the, you're right. That's who I'm thinking of. I'll think of his name while the rest of the call goes on. Most sexist offensive, patronizing, condescending program ever. And all of the uh, all of the vitriol is directed towards men. Now if it was four guys sitting around dissing women or Muslims or blacks or anyone else, hell would be to pay. But because it's directed towards men, these guys can get away with it. You know what I do? I don't watch it because I don't like it. I don't but, like it. You know, it's fair play to them. It's a free society. They can make their, you know, they can make their comments. But I don't like it, so I don't watch it. Why the fuck didn't this woman at this conference do the same thing? If you don't like something, don't have anything to do with it. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. See ya. Ray Winstone is the guy's name. Ray Winstone. That's that. I think that was Ray Winstone. And that, you know, I gotta say, I completely. Ray Winstone's a little bit higher tone, but yeah, the same uh, accent and, and inflections. Well, and that, that region of England, wherever he came from, it's the same. Is, is for, yeah, it's the same intonation. But I kind of agree with this guy completely. This is exactly my sentiments exactly on this subject. That woman just could have got up and sat somewhere else rather than losing her job over making right. this this hullabaloo. About something that's uh, <laughs> so insignificant. Um, I think I think rightly, and I think they're on the right side of this. In England, they don't put up with this shit so much of people just being offended and and like and oh, because that person's offended, we have to like stop the presses and and make a big to do about it. it um, but that, I, this guy doesn't understand that in fucking Northern California, people get really worked up about that kind of shit, and you can't stop them. You just got to ignore it and try not to be the target of it, I guess. Well, case in point, look at Ricky Gervais hosting the Golden Globes. Like Ricky Gervais could host something in England and and, and be that ruthless and merciless with people in, in terms of joking about their personal characteristics or their lives or whatever. And people would laugh about it, but they do it here and everyone's offended. I think a lot of that was actually manufactured. I, I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of that was manufactured. How come he didn't host it last year? 
I don't know. I think because he didn't want to. No, I think they didn't no, invite him you, back. Do you think really people were that pissed off? Yeah. I, I went back and watched it. I was like, it's not offensive. He's just poking fun at celebrities. I mean, people do this all day, every day. I just feel like but not I, in that format. It was it was it was really you really do think it was shocking. I just think in, in the in the UK, people appreciate that type of humor. Oh, I agree. It's it's definitely more acceptable. Though. It's more acceptable here, whereas is in I don't know in, in the states. I just I don't think you can go to that. I don't think you can take it to that level. I think people um, are too. Their, uh, their self, skin is too they, thin here. Well, and they're too self-important. Yeah. Like this woman thought it was a big deal that she was offended because she's this big, important. Remember, we couldn't even figure out what the fuck her job was. Um, yeah, she, I don't even remember. Know, I still don't people, know what her job is. I get offended by shit, but I just assume nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, I guess then. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, or then you just kind of just like. Keep your mouth shut. I mean, I get offended about something like Zach Braff trying to raise $2 million on Kickstarter. And then I'll, I'll talk about it on my podcast. That's what offends me. Yes. When we're offended, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> All right, here's the last call. Hey, Sipranon. This is uh, Christian from Australia. It's a very um, international call. I don't know if international this, well, I guess this hasn't happened to you guys before because you've made that clear. But uh, my parents were going to get uh, divorced, and they're trying to recover from that. And so in the past few weeks, I've been getting in the mail um, some things I'd rather not see. Uh, a lot of bondage, whips, uh, anal beads, male prostate, you know, things. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up, back up. Huh? This is very odd. He says his parents are going through a divorce. They're trying to reconcile the divorce. So now no, no, they're... No, I, yeah, I get it. They, they were going to get a divorce, probably because neither of them was satisfied in the bedroom, or maybe one more than the other. I, th I think they're having a sexual issue. Well, they're deciding compatible. now. They've decided not to get divorced. Well, they're trying to improve their lot, their sex lives. So they're ordering all this fucking sex toys from Adam and Eve, which is fucking awesome. I hope they're using the coupon code. I think it's great. I wonder how old this kid is. Mm. Between like we, fifteen and eighteen. <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about this before. You? Why is he you, opening the boxes? Yeah, that's what I mean. Are these are his parents like live like leaving a used butt plug lying around the house? Because they're just a dildo, a sticky dildo on the couch in between the couch that's cushions. Not, that's not very good parenting. I mean, <clears throat> least of all because the dog will get it. <laughs> you don't want your dog chewing up your dildos. No, I mean it's a, a dildo is way more expensive than just a cheap ass dog toy. It's also in, incredibly inconsiderate. Like, there's no reason to do that. I mean, your parents should be, you know, re resigning that to the bedroom. Like it's it's in that uh, area under lock and key. Yeah, under lock and key. Like your kids don't need to know about this. I mean, this is something that later on in life, like when they have their own podcast and we talk about, did you ever catch your parents having sex? You're like, oh god, when my parents going for a divorce, I saw my mom's like, you know, my mom's collection of butt plugs that she was shoving up my dad's ass. Like you don't even. I wanted... opened the door and she was suspended from like a leather trapeze, <laughs> <laughs> wide open beaver, wide open beaver. Ah, like I, I just don't even want to think about that. Australians are, I think, more sexually liberated, though, and they probably feel that, you know, if their children see it, it's just part of life. You don't know what it is. It's it's because of all that Fosters. Like, you drink all that Fosters, and you... Your you're, judgment becomes impaired. Yeah, and, like, you're you're just not... In, you're, you become uninhibited, your judgment's impaired, and you're more apt to try to, like, fuck a kangaroo. I guess I didn't get them from... Um, from... Fucking Adam and Eve. 
And uh, this DVD here is called Secrets of the G-Spot. Uh, that's kind of interesting. And um, I just wanted to say, I miss the donkey daddy. Um, okay, see you guys. Well, that was a depressing call. <laughs> it was a depressing. It ended on such He's a low sad. note. Jesus, He's man. He's all sad through the whole thing. Yeah, but although if he is if he is sixteen and he found this book about secrets of the G spot, read read that thing, memorize it. You don't. I kind of let girls know you have it. Like like have it like fall out of your school book at school uh, school bag at school in front of the cheerleading squad. Like oh, whoops! Just slowly put it back in. Make sure they see your face. Well, you know, I mean, to be honest, like this this kid probably plays a role in his parents' acrimony. And the, the reason that why <laughs> it's always wanna... good to tell children. Yeah, but you do, kid, and really, you should foster this because <laughs> you tell everybody whose parents are divorced. This, well, I'm you say sure... this to Ian. <laughs> I'm sure that's <laughs> that's a part of the reason is because uh, because of his existence alone, and probably doesn't do well in school. But the thing is, is like, why not have your parents get divorced? I was always jealous of kids that had divorced parents. You get to choose which one you want to live with. You get to play them against each other. You get better gifts. They leave you the fuck alone because your dad's out dating trying to get laid. No, this is a very rosy view. What happens is your dad comes and gets you and he makes you spend time with him all weekend because I only go to see you on every two, every other weekend. Then we got to go to the fucking zoo and blah, blah, blah. You're just like, oh, I just want to fucking play ColecoVision. If your parents are married, then your dad just doesn't give a shit. He's not taking you to the zoo every other weekend. Yeah, but he he's buys like fucking you working shit, on the though. lawn and raking leaves. Yeah, but it's cool because he'll buy you shit. Be like, Dad, I want this new ColecoVision video game. True, you get you get more. You definitely get your affection purchased more than if your parents stay together. But that whole like forced outing thing would really turn me off. And then your mom has some fucking dick boyfriend coming over that you just hate. That or the stepdad. Too. Yeah, but I mean, you could also be, she could start dating like some other dude that's like four years older than you. And he's just kind of cool. And you're like, oh, I got a buddy here that gets me weed. Buys yeah, but he's me. fucking your mom. You're not going to like that. If I, okay, if I, if my mom started dating a guy, let's say I was 11 or 12 or 13, maybe 14. That's when I started drinking. But when I was 14 and my mom was, I don't know, 34 and then, or 36, and she started dating a guy that was like 28. And he comes over and he'd buy me beer every now and then. We'd hang out. And he's like, yeah, I'm not your dad, but whatever. I could be your buddy. That'd be awesome. No, it would be creepy. Your, the base case scenario is your parents divorce, and then your mom marries an older guy, but who's super wealthy and like has a mansion and a fucking pool and a hot tub. That would be cool And a too. hot daughter. And, uh, you know, fucking a Ferrari and all this shit and horses. <laughs> That is a that is a best case scenario because then the hot then daughter use, has hot friends, and you get to use all that cool stuff. And then your real dad uh, feels inadequate, so he buys you even more crap. It's a perfect situation. That's right. what you should do, kid. Is try to sabotage this relationship. Don't let them reconcile, and then get your mom to date some old rich guy. There's tons Although, of them in Australia. Well, Paul Hogan. you have to. <laughs> you have to also, you know, you have to be a realistic. Like, take a look at your mom. Can you yeah. polish her up or not? Yeah, no, I wonder what she looks like. Maybe that's why they're, they're sexually, they're having sexual issues. Have you seen the richest woman in Australia? No, what does she look like? Hideous. She was in the news a little while ago because she was going off about, you know, how the poor people are lazy or whatever. But she's oh, some, she yeah, somehow yeah. In, inherited this, like, mining company from her family and she's worth I have seen a picture of, of her. Your dad could get that. I mean, she's gross and fat. But you I bet your, the tables. But your dad could start shagging that, and then uh, yeah. you get to, like, reap the benefits of living as, like, a wealthy kid. 
Right. I just, I just feel your like mom you, will probably kill herself. I just feel like when your parents get that. divorced, depending on what their situation was, like my parents were like completely middle class. Like I just think it's a roll of the dice to just to step up and step up in this life, get a second chance. <laughs> second chance at be- a better parent. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, why not? It's like a crapshoot. Anyway, it's a crapshoot. But you could, yeah, you could get a, you know, your mom could hook up with some guy who lives in a trailer and shoots a lot of meth. And like beats you with a fucking extension cord every day, and your mom's like, "But I love him." But you could she could hook up with a guy who's a porn producer. That wouldn't be so bad. (laughs) (laughs) My mom has AIDS now because she (laughs) fucks this porn guy. People call the Sigong hotline two zero six 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 three eight four six. A wackerly, yeah, we're nearing the end of the show, and we got to do all the uh, obligatory things about subscribe to the show on itunes seriously just go to itunes and you need to subscribe to the show uh it actually really does help us out it helps us compete with all those superior podcasts like the ones with chris hardwick's name attached to it or uh, oh, joe man. rogan one of these days we'll be Mark as Marin. good of a podcaster as hardwick anyway subscribe to sick and wrong on itunes uh give us a rating give us a comment really does help boost visibility for the show uh, also, Sick and Wrong t-shirts, that is the best way to support the show because then you're a walking advertisement for us, and we appreciate that. I and do, plus, you pay us for the t-shirt. And you pay us for t-shirts. You we know, we don't money. ask donations. We just ask for a t-shirt to buy a t-shirt. That's it. That's not much to ask for. Um, but yeah, we have cheap trick tees left, uh, larges and extra larges. There are no medium and smalls, just larges and extra larges. And we are making a new t-shirt Yeah, we need soon. to get some new shirts with the medium and smalls because that's what that's what the hipsters want. The hipsters, yeah. Those uh, young hipsters. But uh, but if you want a shirt now, you can go there. There's also the Sickerong Cafe Press Store, which has a number of other shirts. Uh, there's a link to it right on our site, sickerongpodcast.com slash store. Uh, Sickerong Song of the Week was sent in by uh, a Scottish guy. I bet you he fucks the Scottish Terriers, this guy. His name's Scott Faye Clackmanenshire. It's a hell of a name. I don't even know how to say that in Scottish. I have a horrible Scottish accent. I can't even do it. I'm not even trying. I think you got it close, probably. It sounds like a Highland Scott. Like a yeah, Scott. Like, like a Braveheart dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, he writes, hey, Dean Lance, only been listening a wee while, but I have an artist that should be right up your alley, so to speak. Howling Willie Cunt and his World of Filth album should fit the bill. Mr. C, a.k.a. Ginger Wildheart, there's a fine line in Sick and Wrong parody country songs. And so many to choose from that one fine album. Five Million Ways to Kill Your Baby. That's one song. Your heart belongs to Jesus, but your ass belongs to me. Uh, say it with herpes. A uh, little bit of gravy, cunts on the road. Or how about homosexual punch bag in a wheelchair? That's a great title. Punch That's bag. Good, good uh, ring to it. Um, he goes, check them out. Well-played tunes with very sick lyrics, all in the worst possible taste. I'd play any of them with the exception of the hand of a child. He did send me one song here. Which one is it? It is, I'd rather have a dick in my ass than have you. I'd rather have a dick in my ass than have you by Howling Willie Cunt. Which is a great name. You know, this guy's going to go places. I bet you if yep. he was on America's Got like Talent, that, he's going to get a lot of airplay on the radio. If he was on America's Got Talent, he would be like, we're going to Vegas. You're going to Vegas. Right through. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to end the show here with, um, with I'd rather have 
a dick in my ass than have you by Helen Willie Cunt. People will be back next week with episode 379. Till then, take a sleazy. Good night. I'd rather have a dick in my ass than have you in my heart. I'd rather have you out of my life than have you carry it hard. It took some time to realize what I knew from the start. I'd rather have a dick in my ass, a cock in the mouth, and the balls in my chin, and a belly full of naked juice, a metal and maze, and have you in my heart. Ten years ago, give a deal so you're left without good.
you, the other snipes, have actually enlisted my son, who is the uh, feces student, and I'm his father, that now has listened to you, and so you have two generations listening to you, so fuck these gutter snipes. Bye.